0: you're listening to the ticker podcast from ir magazine a roundup of this week's leading stories and industry comment from the world of investor relations direct from our central london studio here's
1: your host Glory havelock
0: this week on the ticker podcast the nsc's ir platform launches ireland's sovereign wealth fund changes tax and the uk ir society recognizes the country's best Welcome back to The Ticker Podcast. It's a weekly roundup of the top stories from around the world of investor relations. We're back with a full house in the IRMag studios. I'm here with Tim Heumann, Condiste de Montpetit and Garnet Roach. Hello. Hello, Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Laurie. For our listeners across the Atlantic, of course, this week is Thanksgiving week, a time to reflect on what we're grateful for and a tradition, not usually practiced over here, actually. Um, I thought I'd go around the pod and see what we're all thankful for. Um, As far as I'm concerned, I'm very glad that we have a host of new, exciting publications readily available. Uh, First, the latest and greatest edition of IR magazine, Winter 2015, should be dropping onto IRO's desks around the world this week. We've mentioned some of the features to be found within already on the ticker, but be sure to check out our cover story interview with Xin Yang Fong uh, from telecoms firm Singtel and also our research report about best roadshow practices. Then there's the recently unveiled Global IR Top 50 which profiles the best companies and individuals for investor relations across Europe, America and Southeast Asia. And of course the Greater China and Southeast Asia Awards being held next week in Hong Kong and Singapore respectively. Finally... I'm very thankful, personally, that I finished writing this year's Global Practice Report, which is now available to buy and download at IRmagazine.com. It's based on a survey of more than 1,500 corporate IR professionals, and it details how investor relations is carried out across the world, including data about IR team sizes, budget, salary, and structure. It's all divided by region and sector, so you can benchmark against your peers very, very easily. Um, Really, though, I'm very thankful for the fact that I'm off on holiday tomorrow, so...
2: Laurie, we're extremely thankful um, that you volunteered to write the, uh, the practice report. <laughs> Personally, I'm exceptionally thankful for that since
3: I wrote it two years in a row. So you've probably got another, at least another two or three years in the in the lineup.
0: I mean, volunteered is a very strong word. I think it was left to me. But I did, I did have a really good time writing it. But, you know,
1: all fun things have to come to an end. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got about a week's worth of holiday to take as well. So I'll be pretty thankful when I get to take that off at some point before the end of the year. Um, I've also been pretty thankful recently that Pret-a-Manger has brought in its Christmas sandwich. Ah, yes. It's always a a highlight of the the end of the year period.
0: For anyone who's not familiar, this is a sandwich filled with everything you would find in a traditional Christmas dinner, including the most fantastic crunchy onion bits, which we'll tell you more about as and when we have more Christmas sandwiches, I'm sure. Anyway, well, in lieu of Thanksgiving here, IROs at London-listed firms have got another festive treat in store in the form of a new investor marketing platform, Garnet. Can you tell us more?
3: Yes. Yeah, so this week, um, the London Stock Exchange Group's social media IR platform, Elite Connect, finally went live. The platform, which the uh, the company says will help IR professionals manage relations with investors, find new business opportunities and do their work more efficiently, was announced last year. And uh, the beta version has been running for the last six months, but it's now open to anyone that wants to sign up.
0: So I've seen a lot of you know, marketing information, and headlines about this, but what actually is the platform?
3: So it's an open access platform designed like a social networking site. And this means that IROs can use it to perhaps find potential new investors or connect with other users, including public companies, investors and brokers, LSE Group says in a press release. Commenting on Elite Connect going live, Xavier Rollet, chief executive of LSE Group, noted that new technologies are fundamentally impacting the way people interact and communicate. The exchange says that the new platform will also serve as a marketing tool for investors and intermediaries by allowing them to increase their visibility and boost access to the companies they invest in or are considering investing in. Elite Connect is designed with a sort of digital meeting room that allows uh, video conferences and helps with note-taking and document sharing as well. Users can also create their own profile pages, much like you would with Facebook or any other social networking site, and it offers a calendar that can be used to schedule meetings between users and coordinate availability for communications.
0: And I'm led to believe there are some corporate access elements as well, is that right?
3: Well, it includes a function that allows users to search for companies and investors by company name, size, location and industry. Um, So it will be interesting to see if this becomes something that might be used for corporate access. The group's press release um, included a number of commentators, including Harriet Baldwin, UK MP and Economic Secretary to the Treasury, the CEO of the Borsa Italiana and the head of IR at Telecom Italia. So there's a bit of an Italian connection there, perhaps. Um, It also includes a comment from John Golifer, General Manager of the UK's IR Society. He says, quote, In many ways, the use of digital investor communications is creating a more level playing field by enabling companies to extend their reach to existing and new target audiences, while at the same time potentially offering a more tailored solution to meet the needs of a larger and discerning audience, equally equipped with online tools.
0: It's quite interesting that these kind of platforms, corporate access platforms that are coming out, seem to be emulating social networks, whereas actually IROs don't, have already made it quite clear that they are not completely enamored with the way that they are at the moment. There must be something that they see useful for the IR profession still in that, and maybe, I don't know, are IROs still going to come round to it? or
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I kind of looked at that in one of my winter features, another little plug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the opinion did seem to be quite divided on whether IROs wanted to be using social media. Um, and of course, the, the other aspect is the, the corporate access. Side of things, and it's now been confirmed that MIFID 2 will be delayed um, by a year. So, I guess that's going to have an impact on how much change we'll see and when that change might come about as well.
1: Well, I guess they, they're using sort of social media functions as their sort of starting point, but what they're trying to do is help companies and investors sort of match up, which is actually what I, IROs already do with things like targeting tools and you know databases and so on. So, it's just kind of taking a, quite a specific IR function but then trying to use you know ideas from linkedin and facebook and things like that to just make it a bit more social and a bit more transparent um i wasn't going to say transparent but ah, it's a transparency for condees. obviously the more transparent the better Condi's. <laughs>
0: I just find it quite, you know, social media is all about sharing what you're doing, right? Sharing your activity. I imagine many IROs wouldn't want to share the facts that they're targeting particular investors or going after certain people.
1: No, I don't. I think that's a good point. Um, just like with Facebook, I guess the privacy setting is going to be important. Yeah. <laughs> On to one investor, actually, who's paying a bit less attention to companies,
0: I think is a, an easy segue to make. Condice, you've been looking at the Irish Sovereign Wealth Fund recently.
2: Yes, the Irish government has uh, apparently announced that it would be taking several billion dollars out of its 8.4 billion sovereign wealth fund over the next five years in order to give the Irish economy a boost.
0: And how exactly are they going to do that?
2: Well, the fund, which has a big chunk of money invested in global equities, bonds, commodities, infrastructure, with household names such as BlackRock, Deutsche Asset Management, Unigestion, Acadian Asset Management, to name a few, wants to um, reportedly ramp up the Irish assets, uh, which represent only 1.1 billion at the moment. Fund director Eugene O'Callaghan explained to the FT that uh, they will also be looking for other institutional investors to co-invest in Irish projects. They've recently invested in Swerve, um, a US company that's about to hire Stafford's Dublin office, and also private equity fund KKR, which is planning a, a real estate project in the country.
0: And does that mirror activity seen at other very large funds?
2: Well, yes, indeed. Uh, the Irish fund isn't uh, the only one taking more money in house. With the drop in oil price, a lot of sovereign wealth funds in the Gulf region have withdrawn large sums from asset managers in order to cut cost costs. The Saudi Arabian Monetary Agency, Abu Dhabi Investment Authority and Azerbaijan's oil fund have all started to hire more in-house fund managers or allocate more money to their local economy.
0: That's really interesting Here in Garnet. I remember reading your article from our fall edition, Garnet, when you looked at the fact that most sovereign wealth funds are taking a bit more of an active interest in what their holdings are. And of course, we've seen recent announcements from you know, funds like the, the Norwegian sovereign wealth fund who is taking money out of coal burning and coal producing companies.
3: Yeah I mean it wasn't the numbers aren't massive the number of funds that are doing this or the number of people being hired in-house but when you think about the amount of money that these funds have obviously that has a huge impact.
0: Absolutely I imagine more of a pattern will emerge in the coming months when we see what the effects, the knock-on effects of that might be. Well we're going to keep the podcast quite close to home still because Tim you ventured all the way about five minutes down the
1: road to the UK IR Society's awards uh, the other night.
0: Can you update us on the glitz and the glamour and the, the hot gossip from the red carpet there?
1: Yes, I went along to the uh, the Best Practice Awards put on by the UK's uh, professional body for IR on Tuesday night. As is now traditional, or have, as they've been doing for a few years, they held it in a very nice marquee beside the uh, Tower of London. I think it's, you know, that grassy bit where they had the big uh, poppy display recently. And the host for the night was Shappi Kossandi, the British-Iranian comedian. During her set, she made a joke about being taken off to the tower if she was too rude for the audience. But I don't think anyone really wanted her to hold back. I think, it, I think they wanted to hear her normal set. I think it was maybe some new material by Shappy because before her segment, during the, uh, the, the introductory speech by the chair of the IR Society, we were told that if, if anyone was recording it on their phone, then they could potentially be asked to leave, which would be uh, embarrassing for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, absolutely. High security comedy.
1: But back to the awards, sorry. Uh, how, how exactly do they work? Is it based on a survey? What happens there? Well, th- there are two parts of the awards. Uh, the first part focuses mainly on corporate reporting. Uh, companies can enter themselves and then the final decision is made by a panel of judges, which this year included, for example, uh, the IR Society chair, Sue Skulls, as I just mentioned, uh, Tim Goodman of Hermes Investment Management and PwC's Director of Investor Engagement, Hilary Eastman. The awards are divided into market cap segments for the British companies, and then there is also an international section. And the thing we all want to know, who are the main winners? Well, in this first part, uh, four companies went home doubly happy because they picked up two awards each. Uh, They were British Land, Go Ahead Group, TriFast, which was the star of the small cap and aim segment, and then also uh, everyone's favourite German IR department uh, at BASF. Um, won a couple as well.
2: I was actually on the cover of a uh, go-ahead sustainability report a couple of years ago. Really? This is new
3: information.
2: You have to tell us a bit more. Is that, is that why they won? When I was doing a stint at an extremely evil corporate reporting agency, <laughs> uh, I was part of the photo shoot and apparently um, my physique <laughs> struck with the photographer.
0: It's a particularly environmentally friendly physique.
2: <laughs> yes, I, lo- I don't let out a lot of fumes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, watch this space,
0: guys. I think Condés might be the next IR Magazine cover star, based on that information. Um,
1: what happened in the other part of the awards, though, Tim? Um, the second part of the, uh, of the awards is smaller, just three prizes. It used to be voted on by investors, analysts, and IROs, but they've taken the IROs out, so now it's just voted on by investors and analysts. So I guess it's less of a popularity contest. Um, here, Best Newcomer was won by Adam Phillips of Halfords Group. Uh, Best IRO went to David Walker of Hayes. And AstraZeneca claimed the big one, uh, Best Overall Company IR.
0: It's interesting how the the winners at the IR Society's awards compare to those British companies picked out at our awards, which will obviously be back in next summer. Different range of companies that that I guess it depends on the investors' analysis they talk to or maybe the criteria.
1: When the awards were going on, I was looking through and um, there was a lot of um, people that have won IR Magazine awards in the nominees list. But often but they didn't no, they didn't always win. We've mentioned BASF already, a British land, I'm pretty sure won best website with us a couple of years ago, so they're another company that's performed well in both awards.
3: And of course the British companies have are competing against all of Europe, aren't they, at our yes. awards, so
1: Well, you can read
0: Tim's uh, whole write-up from the the awards on our website, www.irmagazine.com, where, of course, you can find more information about all of the publications I previously mentioned. And as of this week, uh, all of the articles from our winter edition will be appearing up there. Obviously, you can only read them if you're an IR Magazine subscriber. And as previously mentioned, if you'd like to attend our Southeast Asia or Greater China Awards, more information is available at irmagazine.com forward slash events. Tickets are still available, so if you fancy being a last-minute attendee, do check the website there. Um, But I think that's all we have time for this week. Thanks, uh, Garnet, Tim, and Contis for joining me again this week.
3: Thank you, Laurie. Thanks, Laurie.
0: Just in case you're waiting for us on Friday, we'll be slightly late coming back to you on uh, Monday in a week's time. But we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Ticker Podcast from IR Magazine. For free access to all the latest global investor relations news and analysis, register at irmagazine.com or download the app.